Good morning, everybody. It is Tuesday, 24th of August. Wall Street up 216, doing rather well. The Nasdaq, though, the star of the night, up 1.55%, all-time high. I was looking at PEs on some of our domestic stocks, and there's no doubt there's been a fair bit of PE expansion in Australia, which basically means PEs are going up. In other words, share prices are going up more than earnings. And I had a look at some of the major stocks in the US, and astonishingly, a bit like BHP and Rio, here where PEs are still dropping as earnings rise. If you look at the PE of stocks like Amazon and Facebook, these are the stocks that are leading this remarkable rally. The PEs are actually dropping because they are making that much more money out of the pandemic. So although it's easy to say the market's overbought, and I will say that later on in the strategy piece, although it's easy to say everything's overbought, the truth of the matter is some companies like Amazon, Facebook, some of the US investment banks as well are making vastly more money because of the pandemic, in which case they are not particularly, compared to history, looking expensive. There are, however, a whole load of Australian stocks looking expensive. Anyway, let's move on. We are smashed, as you might expect this week, with results. Half of the ASX 200 have reported, and so about 100 results still to come from the ASX 200, and thick and fast they are coming. Today's results, not particularly good. Centre Group the star of the day up 5.1%. But some of the share price falls on results. Boral down 6%. Ansel down 8.7%. Kogan down 13%. Monodelphus down 14%. Macmillan Shakespeare down 7%. Austell down 11%. Parenti down 9%. Not a good look. Big winner of the day on results. Nanasonics up 17.4% and Hub24 up 3.8%. Loads of other results as well. So after a 150 point fall in the ASX 200 last week, we are firming up. We were up, what, 29 was it yesterday? Up 23 today. So we're 50 points up in the last two days. The main event this week's going to be the Jackson Hole Symposium on Friday, 10 a.m. Jerome Powell makes his speech. There is some suggestion that he may even avoid talking about tapering at all. It was interesting that one Fed governor, Catlin, said overnight that he would have to revise his sooner rather than later expectations for tapering if Delta persists. And that really is the major market tipping point at the moment, whether Delta overtakes vaccines and overtakes the herd immunity experiment and therefore overtakes monetary policy as well. There are signs that it might do that. We will see what Jerome Powell says on Friday. Notably, Janet Yellen has endorsed Jerome Powell. It's not her job to do that, but has endorsed Jerome Powell as the continuing chair of the FOMC, all the chicken love to huddle together. Right, a few observations before I get into a little bit of scary strategy. A few observations. BHP seems to have found the bottom. Panic over, maybe. Having a look at the broker research, there are three brokers not covering BHP anymore, presumably because they're involved in the Woodside deal. And with that sort of deal going on, you might assume most brokers are going to be biased to optimism, as they always are with BHP, quite honestly. The average target price is 6.8% above the current share price, 
after the recent correction. And I've put a chart of BHP in what I've called a Harley chart, which is a Harley Davidson chart. I had a Harley Davidson patch there for a while, no longer, but everything was black and orange anyway, a black and orange chart. BHP is on a PE of 7.4 times, yield of 10.5% gross. Numbers are a bit higher and lower next year, but goes ex-dividend on September the 2nd and has just fallen from $54 to $44. A gift horse for income investors, perhaps. Looks like it, although the iron ore price has not exactly bounced yet and I refer you back to our iron ore article last week and there were some very legitimate longer term reasons why the iron ore price might come under pressure. So this is not a one week affair. This might be the beginning of a longer term malaise in the iron ore price. Either way, BHP is not expensive, has got the dividend coming up worth noting. Also, Macquarie has a bit of research out today on base metals, which we did or we highlighted their research about a month ago where they had an outperform on everything. They've got an outperform on everything again. The most upside they see is in SFR, 64% upside, 52% upside in Chalice Mining, 58% upside in SRL, 45% upside in OZL. They say we continue to see material upside risks is upside a risk? I don't know. Anyway, making hay whilst the sun shines. At the same time, Ordmanet have a bit of mining research out. And this is a fairly common piece of research if you want to get eyeballs. Just plug in spot prices into your company valuations. If you do that, then they say BHP's value would be 34% higher, Rio 28% higher, S32 43% higher, Illumina 69% higher, and top of the pops, Blue Scope Steel 75% higher. Other little notable mentions today go to the Aussie dollar close to 72 cents and falling. The Aussie dollar is a barometer of global economic optimism. It's reflecting perhaps a little bit of the Delta Blues, also reflecting the fall in the iron ore price, of course. Telstra's ex-dividend tomorrow. Good trend. Could it end? I don't think it'll end just because of the stock going ex-dividend. Anyway, very strong trend at the moment. 10-year bond yield. Have a look at that chart. Heading below 1% in Australia, 1.11% at the moment, down from 1.8% in March. That again is a reflection of domestic economic optimism and with the new new outbreaks. Optimism is not high. Another observation today, travel stocks are flying either, I assume, because some deluded, probably international investors think Dan will do what Scott Morrison suggests, which is learn to live with the virus, hence the travel stocks going up. And it may well be an improvement in the New South Wales case numbers, which dropped today. I've put a couple of charts of the stocks in. There is no major bottoming of the general downtrend trend in travel stocks just yet. A couple of other things. Zero and NetWealth founders have sold $300 million worth of stock and $84 million worth of stock overnight. Maybe they think things are as pumped up as they could be. Zero near a record high, NetWealth close to. They've done extremely well out of the pandemic, both of them. Maybe it's time to check out, although both those founders still have huge holdings. Right, a little bit of strategy today. I don't want to scare you, but is the title. Better for you to visualize this than listen to it on a podcast, but go to the strategy piece, have a look at the chart of the S&P 500, see the trading range over the last 10 years, 
and you'll see the S&P 500 is absolutely blown the top of the trading range and is clearly not exactly flashing oversold or cheap or bargain. And it's overbought on the RSI, which is rare for an index on a weekly basis. Of course, it has gone up. One, the S&P 500 has gone up 104% from the bottom in a straight line. The momentum of that rally at some point, surely, or is this just weak brained, mean reversion, predictable human reaction reaction, but a correction here would not be a big surprise to anybody. The two main market drivers, the things that could upset the apple cart continue to be the timing and the market's reaction to tapering. And I've written in brackets, for goodness sake, just announce it and take your medicine. You might just find, or Powell might just find, or the FOMC might just find that when they finally announce tapering and bite the bullet, the market responds positively because of the end of this ridiculously slow build-up to tapering, which has to happen at some point. It's sort of backfired because in trying to support the financial markets, they have done such a good job that the financial markets have become vastly more vulnerable than if they'd done it a year ago. Anyway, tapering the big issue. The other issue, of course, is the Delta strain and whether it will overwhelm the vaccines and overwhelm the herd immunity experiment. And that is perhaps what could knock the market off its perch. The realisation that Delta can't be contained, in which case it could have long-term economic consequences as we reshape how we live. I've also put in a 100-year monthly chart of the S&P 500. For a monthly chart to be overbought on RSI is truly a phenomenal thing, but it is overbought on RSI on a monthly basis, not just overbought. There's an RSI of 77.70 is overbought. Last time it was this high was 2018. And at that point, from that overbought position, the market, the US market had a 12% correction. It's the standard definition of a correction is a fall of 10 to 20%. So I was reading or looking up just to check I was right that the standard definition of a correction was 10 to 20%. And I think Investopedia said corrections are like that spider under your bed. You know it's there lurking, but you don't know when it's going to make its next appearance. Well, you and I don't have to worry about guessing when it's going to come out from under the bed. We'll just wait until it does. In Australia, things aren't quite as alarming as in the US in terms of premium to the trading range. We are at the top. In fact, we're just out of the top of the long-term trading range since the GFC. And we're not actually overbought at the moment. RSI of 66 after that 2.2% fall in the market last week. So yes, top of the range, but no, not a material once in a decade exuberant bubble at this point, just top of the range. An interesting but slightly scary observation is that if you do look at the chart in the strategy piece today, you'll see the top of the trading range is about 7,400. We're currently above that 7,000. 489, well, 7,508 actually today. And the bottom of the trading range is about 5,800. In other words, if we were to fall from the top where we are now to the bottom of the trading range, it would actually be a 21% fall. Now, I'm not trying to scare you or predict that. It's just a technical fact or observation that the difference between top and bottom 
of the trading range since the GFC has been about 20%. But a fall of that size now would require some event, probably something more significant than the deflation of a speculative bubble. In other words, something more than prices being high. It would also have to be something a little bit shocking rather than a very predictable and long drawn out decision to taper, for instance. It would doubtless have to start in the US as well. The US leads us by the nose. So we have to debate, although it's pointless trying to predict or guess, because we will only know in hindsight what it was that tipped the market over. But we can have a bit of fun trying to guess what reason would be able to inject a large and sudden dose of uncertainty. We hate uncertainty. And my guess is it will be something that challenges our current assumptions about the world. And the obvious catalyst might be this realization that vaccines and herd immunity are not effective and the world's going to be overwhelmed by the Delta variant or the next variant. What's the next variant? Gamma variant with some long-term economic implications. And that could be what tips us over. Anyway, I'm sure you have some ideas. Could be the end of money printing, a focus on government debt. At some point, we've got to pay all this back, you know. That means taxes, that means no tax giveaways, that means economic prudence rather than exuberance. Anyway, economic disappointment could be another one, some poor GDP numbers, China doing something, who knows what. Rise in inflation, a rise in interest rates could be something. From this altitude, it's not going to take much. And from this altitude, any correction is likely to be swift. There are a lot of profits to be taken. We don't seem to be irrational exuberance at the moment, and the result season is seeing some stellar results that justify some of these bubbly prices but PEs are certainly up there in some of our major stocks and of course as we have chronicled over the last week there are plenty of signs of the top and I provided a link to our signs of the top article which I am thinking about putting up on Livewire to try and find some clicks and new members. For now, there's nothing for us to do, despite scaring ourselves with the look of the charts, which is a pretty thin reason to be scared. But I think we have to be on the lookout, not comfortable, finger on the trigger, not asleep, ready to act, not complacent, turning on our screens daily, not monthly. Either that or you've got to be so rich that a 20% correction would simply be seen as a long-term buying opportunity to invest your other millions rather than a reason to sell and buy back, which is what most of us will be trying to do, exploiting any correction rather than throwing the baby out with the bathwater because of it. For now, there are no signs of it starting, but you can guarantee when it does, we'll be writing about them when they appear. Right, that's about that. I have a little on this day section in the strategy piece today. On this day in 2000, Richard Hatch won the first ever series of Survivor. Oh, there you go. And I quite like this one. In 1973, a botched bank robbery in Stockholm ended up as a six-day siege with hostages, which ended up coining the phrase Stockholm Syndrome, where captors form a bond with their, sorry, captives form a bond with their captors. And Rudolf Valentino died in 1926 on this day. The great lover died of 31 at 31. So young. I wonder why. Great lover. Right. That's about that. As I leave you, Dow futures up 67. Our market up 18. Banks hardly changed. In fact, three of them are unchanged. BHP and Rio up a little bit. Travel stocks flying, most of them up 5-6%. Energy stocks up 
on the back of the oil price. Gold stocks up as well as the gold price inched up. And tech stocks hanging in there. Zero up 1.2% despite the founder selling shares and APT up 1.5%. Archer Materials, Henry's one stock portfolio pick, is having a bit of a resurrection from the low a couple of days ago. It's actually bounced to the high 42%. And that's after it dropped 49%. It's still down 32%. You have a fabulous day and I will speak to you tomorrow.